Welcome to Rock Talk, the podcast where a couple of jabronis get to know the movie roles of Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I'm Jordan Rummel, joined as always by my co-host Charlie Guile. Charlie, how you doing? I'm doing well, doing well. I'm doing. I'm you know I'm tired and a little bit like spacey, nonsensical, but that's appropriate given this movie. You know, <laughs> uh, this movie was tired. Uh, I, I think there are things to like about this movie we'll have to really dig for them i think uh off the bat we're talking about jungle cruise this week jordan what did you think yeah much like much like uh the skipper of this movie i think we're gonna be on the hunt for good for good content for (laughs) for strong strong performances strong plot points um jungle cruise this came out during the pandemic uh and i think it shows I, i think this movie was Pretty rough around the edges. I am excited to get into. I think it showcases a lot of like Dwayne at his worst. Oh, um, interesting. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, just as like a little bit of background, obviously this is a movie, or maybe not obviously, maybe people don't know this too much, but it's a movie based off of or using the name of uh, a Disneyland ride, uh, much like Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, Jungle Cruise is a ride at Disneyland in Disney World. Jordan, have you ever been on the ride? I have been on Jungle Cruise uh, as a young boy. Uh, actually, you'll <laughs> the same trip I got sick at Mission Space. It was the same week-long Disney trip. Um, so I've done Jungle Cruise once. Uh, not particularly, I think, to your, it kind of blends with my memory of like Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, have you? Have you been on this ride? I have. I have. I went to Disneyland uh, in like February of 2020 and I rode Jungle Cruise. It was the first time I've ever ridden, you know, been to Disney World, Disneyland, anything like that. I think this is one of those things like its appeal is its old timiness because like the robots are like bad. The jokes are uh, (laughs) bad. (laughs) But I will say, I think, you know, after doing some research on this, I, I do think that like at Disney World or Disneyland, one of like the best jobs that you can have or like a job held in like really high esteem is a Jungle Cruise skipper because mm. it's like 15 minutes where you have to like make jokes and everything's timed out. You're like guiding people through the ride. And I remember having a really good skipper. Like she was just like a like such a pro. Um she kept you safe. She kept she all of you safe. Kept me safe. Exactly. <laughs> But, you know, I I think when you're trying to translate, you know, a theme park ride with very little story and and my understanding is a somewhat problematic theme park ride. I think there are like references to like jungle tribes that they made up in like the 50s. And some of the stuff, you know, some of these edges have been sort of filed off a little bit. But I think when it came time to like make a movie, this, you know, this movie's long gestated i think it was initially announced in like 2004 in the wake of you know the success of pirates of the caribbean so this is a long time coming do you think it paid off jordan um <laughs> in short no um it sounds like this movie may have in in some way paralleled the ride which is interesting i i know at some point 
we need to have a conversation about the Fast and Furious ride at Universal and and any kind of similarities or lack thereof that that ride entails. So it sounds like maybe there's a little bit of that here. Um, but no, I think that Jungle Cruise ultimately uh, is 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 going to be in the lower half. I know we haven't rated Dwayne's movies in a minute. Um, I imagine if we did, for me, this would fall somewhere in the bottom third. Yeah, I mean, just to go into a little bit more background about this movie, they were trying to uh, piggyback off of the success of Pirates of the Caribbean. And that's a movie I think I've only seen the first one of, and there's like five movies. But obviously there's something about that franchise and that movie that really speaks to people that, you know, people really like watching. I think a character like Captain Jack Sparrow probably stands out more than Frank Wolf. (laughs) Uh, So... Maybe, you know, this movie just had a problem with characters. I I don't know. One of the things I I did read is that um, initially, you know, after a a years-long scripting process, like start and go, Disney actually announced in February 2012 that this would be a two-hander with none other than Tom Hanks and our uncanceled hero, Tim Allen. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So they were going to do a Woody Buzz... IRL thing and uh, obviously that that didn't happen I I just you know we've heard of this happening in Hollywood where like movies will take decades to make I can't think of a single one that I've heard that story where like it comes out the other end like better for it mm-hmm it, it gets goes through the sausage maker for so long and it, it rarely comes out the other side appealing um I guess to help center folks you mentioned you mentioned Frank I guess we can a brief overview of what this movie entails, right? Essentially, Dwayne Johnson is is the captain of a, of a small riverboat, and he is shepherding Emily Blunt's character, a scientist, through a jungle searching for what is essentially the tree of life. Uh, and, and they're doing so in a kind of like a race against time against uh, a, a basically uh, Nazis. <laughs> and, and as we'll learn throughout the movie, uh, a, a group of cursed conquistadors. So you kind of have three different competing groups all trying to gather this tree of life. Um, Charlie, did this plot, does that, does that resonate with you? Is that, uh, <laughs> I know this was a bit, of, I felt by the end, I was doing a lot of mental math trying to make heads or tails of what had happened. Yeah. I mean, I think this movie has a lot of like groundwork to lay because it is to its credit, a wholly original story. Uh, my understanding is that none of this really happens in the Jungle Cruise ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like character names taken from the ride. There are some references. So one of the things that I liked about this movie is like Dwayne Johnson's introduction where he's like giving tours and he's making groan worthy puns. That kind of stuff I actually found good. But like if you aren't familiar with the ride, that's like, again, part of its appeal is like the old timey nature. Everybody groans at the bad puns. And that's that's part of its appeal. And then this movie, if you just go into it cold, what what do you think of Dwayne Johnson's character at all? And I also think that like any references or anything to do with the ride, like they get that out of the way in like the first like 20 minutes and then they never return to it. Well, that's what you're describing is interesting to me because I was, I was so confused. I did not remember any of these callbacks. I didn't remember this, the, the, like the skipper character at all. So when we meet him, he spends the first like eight minutes, yeah, with these corny toucan jokes. Uh, Look at that boulder. I took it for granted, like things like that. And to me, it was just like, oh, God, like, is this going to be another 
uh, Rampage-esque as he just written this entire movie, basically. Um, so No, weirdly, that's the stuff that was pulled from the ride, the beloved right, bizarre, ride. Bizarre. <laughs> so, I will say, I think he looked great. Yeah, I, I mean, once again, Dwayne, get Dwayne Johnson in, like, safari gear, and <laughs> he looks great. I mean, I, I know it's a trope at this point. Everyone, everyone in the world has commented on the fact that, like, most of his movies take place in a jungle location in safari gear. But I love it. I, I can't get enough of it. This is, you know, that's kind of the stuff that I think we like about Dwayne Johnson is like the return to some of these tropes. But I had high hopes for this movie because he wasn't necessarily in control of it. This was a Disney movie. It's not a seven bucks production or so I thought. I read into this a little more. It's a co-production with Seven Bucks. So I thought a lot of the control would have been taken away from Dwayne. And maybe it is. I I don't think this movie reeks of like Dwayne control. But it's just, it's a little convoluted. I mean, it starts out, what, with the story about the conquistadors? Mm -hmm. Yep. It's, It's kind of a twisted tale. There's, again, it's like there's like a tree of life. Uh, MacGuffin that is out there, and is the, this has been a an endless pursuit for centuries that we are told, right? And essentially, these conquistadors go and they they attempt to get their hands on this tree of life, and in doing so, become cursed. They're stuck in the jungle forever. Uh, this becomes it's almost like an Indiana Jones intro. We meet Emily Blunt's character right off the bat. Dr. Lily Houghton, um, and she is, uh, of course, kind of has her eyes set on on finding what they call the tears of the moon, uh, is, is what they're referring to, this tree of life thing. And in doing so, she is using a sacred arrowhead. This movie, there's a lot of like, like mythical terms that we're that, supposed yeah. to remember. <laughs> so that was one of the questions I had for you. Full disclosure, when I, I, I was a little distracted when I was watching this movie, because when I started the movie... Queen Elizabeth was very much alive. And when the movie ended, she was very much dead. So I was just following all of that. So I was, I was a little distracted, but what I will say is uh, priorities, Charlie priorities. Exactly. Um, I'm a big, you know, Royal apologist. Um, But I, what do you think of Emily Blunt's character? I actually kind of liked all of the stuff with her. Yes. I liked the character a lot. Um, I liked that she is a, a kind of like a like a strong woman in these movies, which I don't think we get a ton of in the Dwayne Johnson universe. Typically not someone that is like going toe to toe with him. And in this case, she's very much like setting the pace for the most part of what they're doing, what they're after. I like that we get an extended sequence at the beginning of her kind of. Uh, like sneaking around this university, trying to find artifacts and very much capable of holding her own. Um, I thought she was fun. What I don't like, and this is kind of jumping ahead a little bit. I don't necessarily love the fact that she turns into a romantic interest for Dwayne. I think that's a weird turn. Something I think is compelling to discuss because it doesn't often happen with him in these movies. But to me, that felt like out of character given everything we see to her, you know, up until that point. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it was necessary. I don't know that it added much to the movie. I mean, there was that one scene later in the movie where they're underwater and she doesn't want to like kiss him, but he's like trying to blow oxygen into her mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> so things like that. it was a very like reluctant thing on her part, which like I actually kind of liked that that she didn't need uh, a romantic interest to be interesting in this movie. 
But one thing that this movie was obsessed with was the fact that she wore pants instead of a dress. Like every character commented on it. Everyone from from six minutes into this movie, it is endless comments about pants. And Dwayne Johnson calls her pants, calls calls her pants the entire movie, which is which is so stupid. But even when she's like in London, when dealing with Jesse Plemons' Nazi character, like I just feel like everybody was like, pants. She's wearing pants. Like, um, I I understand that it wouldn't have been common for uh it's not common dress for a woman but i just don't know that we needed to be reminded of it like it, it was giving off a lot of like girl boss energy mm-hmm. um and i think mm-hmm. emily blunt is above that i'm a big fan of hers i think she like in uh live die repeat or edge of tomorrow whichever title you want like that movie <laughs> is so excellent good. Because of her. And you know how much I love Tom Cruise, but like she like weirdly supplants him in that movie. So I think she's one of our best. So the fact that she had to be relegated to a love interest in this was, uh, I think, a little uh, selling her talents short. Now, you mentioned Jesse Plemons here. Right. So uh, if you're following at home, uh, so Landry from Friday Night Lights is our main big bad here. Uh, he, play, he plays a Nazi. Um, I looked him up. His, so the character's name is Prince Joachim. And it's actually based off of a real person, which is fairly interesting. Um, a wealthy German aristocrat. This is an actual he's, he's a, a prince in real life. His motivations are not the same. Uh, but in 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 the movie, he is a German aristocrat seeking this tear, tears of the moon, tree of life, specifically to help the Germans win World War One. So maybe maybe not a, 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 a Nazi proper, but definitely on the way. Proto Nazi. Exactly. <laughs> um, what do we think about Jesse Plemons? What is how how do you do? I had no issues with like the acting. In this movie, I think Jesse Plemons was great. Paul Giamatti mm. was killing Out of it. No, I had no idea. I was Paul Giamatti. I, I got to be honest. I was like really into this movie until they actually began the Jungle Cruise. Like <laughs> her in England, him doing his thing in the jungle, messing with Paul Giamatti. Like being, you know, Paul Giamatti is basically like a landlord. Uh, said, <laughs> you know, if you don't give me money, I'm going to take your boat. I liked all of that stuff. And then, you know, when they team up and actually start on the mission proper, that's when, like, I don't know, my interest dropped off a little bit. Um, But that's also around the time where it was confirmed that Queen Elizabeth was dead. So, yeah, it may have been been coloring your experience. (laughs) I was a little Um. distracted. I think you're right. The first 30 minutes, because my notes here, they they do like they drop off once the, the cruise begins. I think part of that is because in large part, the conflict that happens for the rest of the movie is proven to it's I, I hate when movies do this. Uh, there's like false conflict, right? They get at one point, uh, Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt's characters, they get captured by uh, like tribal peoples living living in the jungle as part of it it's it's quickly revealed that Dwayne Johnson's like best friends with 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 these tribes members and there's like an entire backstory Trader there, Sam Trader that, Sam Trader is Sam's the chief a, the chief that's of one that of the group. callbacks to like the Disneyland stuff yeah so like that was driving me crazy in the sense of like the conflicts kept resolving themselves but in the first 30 minutes we get multiple beats of a Dwayne Johnson needs money to pay Paul Giamatti. 
uh, Emily Blunt seeking this this item. Jesse Plemons is racing against Emily Blunt. So there's like multiple things happening at the beginning that make this very compelling. You also get, I think, one of the coolest Dwayne Johnson fight scenes in in some time when he fights a Jaguar in a bar. Yeah, that was cool. I like that a lot. I do have a question. What do you think? It's but again, it, you know, it, it resolves itself. It's revealed to be his own jaguar um, named Proxima. Uh, this is Proxima is the closest star to the sun. I'm wondering if that's like Jaguar Dwayne Johns. I don't know. I was I was reading into that. As like, Does he oh my think God. that everything revolves around him? Exactly. That's, okay, yeah. interesting. Um, but what do we think? So he beats the jaguar. That's his own pet. But what do you think? It made me wonder. What animal could Dwayne Johnson defeat in a fight? <laughs> What's the what I do, kind of predator? I do think he would stand a chance against a big cat, for sure. A bear. I think mm. he might be able to fight a black bear, but probably not a brown <laughs> bear. Um, I actually, I, I like this too. I mean, the CGI was like a little dodgy, but I didn't think it was like weightless. Like a lot of times you see D- CGI, like people interacting with CGI elements in a movie. And, like, everything is off. And part of that is I read this in a Collider piece. They got a set visit, and they shot, the like, all of the stuff, like, at the dock in Hawaii. They had a man on set in, a le- in like, a Jaguar leotard, like, <laughs> playing the Jaguar. How do you get that job? <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, I just, I want to see the behind-the-scenes stuff with, like, him, like, wrestling around with the jaguar there's a point where he suplexes yes the jaguar. over the top mm-hmm. wow that's if you lose the titan games you have to go be dwayne johnson's jaguar stand-in <laughs> on a movie <laughs> put me in put me in if the, if the titan games ever come back that definitely should be like the last place person uh has to be <laughs> I did think though it's crazy, right? So it's revealed the Jaguars. There's all kinds of beats in this where where Dwayne Johnson's character is like connected to the the forest, and we ultimately learn why uh, because he was part of this original group of of conquistadors that gets uh, you know cursed by the jungle. So he has some sort of innate connection to it. Um, I don't know if you caught this. There was one thing that popped up early on that I kept expecting to come back, but it I don't think it did. On his boat, he has his jaguar. He also has like a little like like ch- child, like a little child laborer, like working for him on the boat. Uh, and it, it makes a point of like two or three times. And I I have a note here of like is I'm sure we're gonna learn about this this child. We're, there's no reason we'd come back to him three times. Um, but no, the child disappears like 30 minutes into the movie. Uh, but he's ostensibly on the boat with Dwayne for the entire latter half. <laughs> See, I didn't even clock that. I when you were on Queen Watch, that. you're on well, Queen yeah. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that just shows you like the extraneous nature of his character. The fact that like I didn't even notice. I like the idea of Dwayne Johnson on a boat. Like mm. he looked at home, like swinging around on the ropes. Yes. I just, it is an element that we really haven't seen from him. We've seen him in a lot of different environments, but like seafaring... I don't think we've really seen much of that from him. That's a gr- the only thing I can think of that's even in the ballpark is journey to the center of the earth, but that's not 
boat, I think that that is like submarine vessel at the end of that movie. It's some sort of like the 20,000 leagues under the sea looking boat. And there's some water action in San Andreas, if I recall. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, just like watching him pilot a boat. That was like something I didn't know I wanted. I don't like that he calls the boat uh, Buena Nina, good girl. I don't. I didn't like that he. I didn't like that. <laughs> I think that might also be a ride thing. Okay. Cool. I think one of the boats that you can take is the Buena Nina. But See, this is an I issue because so much of what I found unsettling is you're describing as like canon to the ride, which is a bizarre <laughs> Disney <laughs> Parks canon. Well, okay. So I actually ended up. This is also another thing I was distracted by. They like mentioned very clearly. Like they make a point to mention the name Albert, Doctor Albert Falls. Mm, like, is, does mm. this have a connection to the ride? So I looked it up. Turns out, not necessarily a connection to the ride. But were you aware? Are you aware of the Society of Explorers and Adventurers? Oh well, well, I only from what I've heard from pod, our, the friends at Podcast the Ride. Right. Is he one? Is he in He's name? one of those. Oh, okay. So, for those who don't know, and why would you know, the Society of Explorers <laughs> and Adventurers is like, what is it? It's characters that have a story that connect a lot of Disney park rides. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like the they are the fictional protagonists that 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 make that make up like a lore of Disney ride backstories, but it's. So it's it's not made obvious ever. Uh, no, it's it's really <laughs> convoluted, and who knows if it's some like a thread that they dropped. But I do think it like they announced that there's going to be a Society of Explorers and Adventurers like TV show on Disney Plus, maybe. So maybe this is all part of that. But I mean, looking at like the Disney fandom page on this, basically all these people seem like terrible colonists. <laughs> So like out. <laughs> plunder cultural riches from places. I will honestly, I was getting in terms of like Emily Blunt's care. I was getting a little bit of that when she touches down at the, and she's like monkeys in cage. Like she, there's a little bit of um, almost like John Smith Pocahontas type thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I definitely think it's tough to make a movie. This is came out in 2021 where like you can think of like, English people going to other continents without thinking of like colonization. And they didn't really spend a lot of time on that. It was really more about exploration uh, rather than like getting the people there to assimilate. But I mean, I guess there's a fair amount of that. I mean, Paul Giamatti's character is Italian question mark. Mm -hmm. Absolute question mark. That's I have a big, I don't know what voice. (laughs) What voice? What did you think of his parrot? Love the parrot. The parrot and him, great chemistry. Big fan of like of of parrot acting. Um, I think I think a parrot act. It's a real parrot, and I, like to me, like that we need more of this. In more bird movies. actors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what you? I liked his gold tooth. Oh, I didn't clock that. Oh yeah, yeah, very prominent gold tooth. <laughs> he was this is actually a canonically a sequel to uh, uh, Big Fat Liar. Big Fat Liar. <laughs> <laughs> things go wrong uh, it doesn't matter what conversation i have with you there will be a backdoor into the movie big fat liar amanda Bynes. if you i'm sure we're all waiting on the comeback 
we're all waiting on the comeback. Uh, but anyway, so I, I just went like really deep into this Society of Explorers and Ventures thing. And I just think that like, I'm not really sure who this movie is for. And and maybe I'm wrong about this. My memory of the Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Like, I, I don't think that they like took time out of the plot to like make a reference and then jump right back into the plot. Whereas like J- Captain Jack Sparrow is like such a character, like a, I mean, say what you want about Johnny Depp. You could obviously say a lot, but he just seems like he's bringing more to that role. Whereas, like, Frank Wolf is essentially just Dwayne Johnson. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well, this is his usual. He kind of gets stuck being being the character of Dwayne rather than embodying something else. And and to that point, there's a couple beats in this movie that I think kind of that, like, pull out that kind of a side of Dwayne Johnson that that I think kind of is a. um. Even the that animated movie he did, <clears throat> like Planet, was it Planet Fifty One or Planet Fifty Two, where he kind of relies on like cheap sex jokes, basically, for lack of a better like. Uh, there's a whole back and forth here of like biting down on my stick, and this is my first. This is your first time, and I'll pop around, give it a once over, and which like uh, is a little surprising for a Disney movie. And you couple that with it's it's that innuendo with a character that has just been revealed to be gay. Like that's like an entire sequence in this movie as well. So it's blending a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, And I actually kind of thought that that scene between him and Emily Bunt's brother mm -hmm, was kind mm -hmm. of, kind of nice. Um, And it's like an experience that I haven't really seen a lot in movies of somebody in the early 1900s who is openly gay. I thought that was like kind of an interesting thread that was completely left off of like the rest of the movie. It disappears. It, and it doesn't help to, to me, it doesn't help that that character is pretty much just coded as like very stereotypically flamboyant the entire movie and has all the suitcases and doesn't want to go in the water. There's like, a, there's a lot that goes into it. But to your point, it's also probably the closest that Dwayne Johnson's ever come in a movie sense. I think of like an endorsement of uh like varying sexualities like i think that that he he kind of has been for a long time the embodiment of like this alpha straight male thing here he kind of nods to like you know i'm woke type of a thing he kind of is uh kind of but it's it's the thing where it's like well whatever you're into as long as it doesn't affect me like as long as you're not trying to get in my tent or i forget what he anyway it's it's like halfway there but not like a full acceptance but you know, maybe a character from 1915 or whenever this was would would say something like that. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of an interesting thing that, like, did not have any bearing on the rest of the movie. I will say, I don't remember a lot of backlash to that moment. I know that, like, in the new Lightyear movie, there mm-hmm. was a lot of people freaking out that there was a same-sex relationship in it. Right. So... Maybe just because there was very little fanfare in general about this movie, I didn't hear anything about it. That's where I think that this that, that this went. I, this movie he had been promoting this among the among some of our earliest episodes. I think we were talking about Jungle Cruise, but as the movie got closer and closer to being published, the the ads dropped off. He stopped putting it on. Like we see what he's doing with Black Adam to a certain extent, right? Near daily posts tie in with his energy drink. Jungle Cruise dropped off all advertising. I feel like the last couple of weeks leading up to it, 
Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if just nobody saw this movie. Uh, well, I mean, I guess it released in theaters and Disney Plus on the same day, which can sometimes undercut like public discussion of a movie um, when it's available in so many different places versus like a movie like Top Gun that was only available in theaters. Every it was like a shared experience in that mm-hmm. way. You know, I, I think I agree. I mean, it's a weird time for this movie to have come out. And it was also like even prior to the pandemic delayed a bunch of times. I think that they couldn't find a co-star for a couple of years before Emily Blunt signed on. So Dwayne has been like part of this movie production since I think he signed on like 2015. It, it is surprising to see the difference between something like this and Black Adam. He must has a he must have a piece of like the box office for Black Adam. Yeah, you know, he's he's hyper invested in that movie's success. Yeah, um, and Disney. There's no way Disney would ever let him have that. No, no, in this one, no. I'm sure he he gave up rights to the, just about all of it, um, which might not be a bad thing given what this movie. Uh, what do you okay? But we we have not talked about a big thing about his character. He's 400 years old. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You know what? And I got some issues with that too. The, the, we get the big reveal, right? That he's he was part of these conquistadors. He's been basically trapped in a cycle of living for 400 years. Yeah, un- unable to leave this uh, leave sight of the river. That's kind of the curse. He's stuck on this river. And yet, one, he's accepting of of uh, gay sexuality. One, he's like he's accepting. Two. Uh, he's never seen a movie before, which I found confusing. If this but is it's in the... also 1915, I know, but I guess if you've been around for 400 years and movies come out like 1890, 1895, you get like motion pictures like happening. But on the Amazon, is this the Amazon River? Do they ever call it by name, or is oh, it just the that's river? That's a good question. Well, wherever he's at, I, I have a hard time thinking there's a lot of movie access. I guess I didn't have too much of a problem with that. I just wish. I thought that the Emily Blunt's camera would have come into play because I kind of liked that stuff, like that back and forth with them where like she'd shoot him, he would shoot her in like moments where she like had some downtime and wasn't paying attention. That was actually kind of like that playfulness Mm. between their characters. I liked a lot. And I think a lot of that dropped off. I think mostly because like the quiet moments of this movie from like the middle of the movie to the end kind of disappeared. It was just like full go, like you have to run away from these like zombie conquistadors that he used to be a part of. <laughs> I, I don't know. Can you, yeah, all yeah, right, yeah. can you explain to me what, so what was the arrowhead? Well, I, you know, honestly, I don't, that I don't know. That I, <laughs> I don't know what the arrowhead was other than it was, it was central to them unlocking the tree of life. Oh, that's right. Because it wasn't an arrowhead. It was a heart. Yeah. And they had to put it on the wall. And you make the heart whole. There's a riddle. It's very much like Moana to an extent where there is mm. like this, this riddle that becomes clear at the end. Dwayne's entire backstory here. This was act- it was actually one of my favorite sequences. It didn't make much sense, but it's played out to like this new metal uh, background track. Uh, it's about eight minutes of him. You know, he's basically like a, a, a an adopted brother of the main conquistador that was on this expedition. This conquistador loses his mind. Dwayne tries to stop him. They fight, uh, and then they're both ultimately cursed by the jungle um, while in search of this. So, an interesting like, I think it's like an interesting concept. 
But they all like kept wearing their conquistador armor for 400 well, years. And he, he was like blending them. in. It's a whole thing. This is where it gets a little murky. Right? He traps them in a cave. Uh, the issue That's then right. being that the since the river is unable to pull them back to the river because they're in the cave, it instead like like Walt Disney freezes cryogen like freezes them underground uh, until uh, you know like Walt the- Disney's head. Is that what you're gonna say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's very unclear. I did like again. We mentioned his clothing. I love his clothing throughout the movie. I like what he's wearing at the end. Uh, he's like a little fancy Willy Wonka when he when he joins. <laughs> Hang on, I'm gonna look it up because I forgot. London. I, I mean, society. the man can wear suspenders. Oh, he crushes suspenders at the end. He's wearing a top hat, which I find very funny because Dwayne usually doesn't wear headgear, even in 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 Furious Eight, which is a movie we recently covered. When they go to Russia. Uh, they're out in the middle of the the freezing snow, and he is like notably not wearing a hat. Oh, um, I like it too. He's a little fancy man. Is that an ascot that he's wearing? It's very fancy. Um, and they have the jaguar, of course, at the end of this movie. But yeah, he you know, he looks very dapper. Looks very yeah. dapper. I guess he's not in a lot of period pieces. Now that I think about it, mostly just because somebody like Dwayne Johnson couldn't have, exi- have existed. Uh, prior to the invention of HGH. That's a good point. Physically, the world didn't support people like <laughs> Right. I mean, so this movie has been confirmed for a sequel. I mean, what With do you want to... That's what I was going to say. Uh, this, uh, I have a hard time with that because, again, I don't... The conflict in this movie was so loose. Everything self-resolved. Even at the end of the movie, part of the the the, the curse of the of the tree of life makes it so Dwayne can't actually die. So a lot of the risk that's involved at the end is false risk, and we know that as the audience. So then I'm I'm left wondering, well, what's the true tension here? So a lot of even the 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 the, the dramatic beats of this movie, I think, are kind of spoiled by that. And at the end, they walk away with the tree of life. They use it. Um, so I. <laughs> I don't know what the the next part of this is unless they completely like uh, I could see a prequel. I could see a little bit of a prequel be making some sense. Maybe. I I don't know. I mean, does Jesse Plemons come back into this at all? Oh, well, I would welcome more of Jesse Plemons. Uh, I I honest. did like that. He like he's always so good at playing a bad guy, but like typically, I mean, his character in Breaking Bad is just like straight up evil and he's like really good at it, but he goes like a different route on this one, and it's like a fun Nazi. If, yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> oh no! Just your typical fun Nazi. Um, he is like he, but he is he's like dastardly. Yeah, exactly. Like, did you catch? I didn't get what was going on here. He seems to have control of bees. Did you see that? He has bee control. <laughs> It's bizarre. Yeah. Using insects. I don't know. He's like Ant-Man, but with bees. <laughs> I I guess a big issue I had with this movie, and this happens a lot of times in blockbusters, but like after they left that practical set, uh, the one that they built in Hawaii, everything else after that was kind of just CGI goop a little yeah. bit. I understand that you have to do some of that because it's a mystical process that they have to like 
pull off to 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 get the tree of life for the tears of the moon <laughs> uh very unwieldy mcguffin some name. of the worst um dolphins i've ever seen on on film some of the worst cgi <laughs> dolphins name another cgi dolphin you liked better uh yeah yeah that's that's a <laughs> but i feel like the finding nemo fish like looked better from an animation standpoint this to me was like uncanny valley between like pure animation and the weird new lion king movies it like didn't strike either balance it just looked like uh, space jam character sort of swimming in the ocean um i i could have used lebron james space jam in this movie so, I mean, Dwayne Johnson, I remember him like in the lead up to this movie coming out, talking about like how much he researched, you know, he went to the vault at Disney Imagineering and like rode the ride. And like, I don't know if he memorized the script. I, I seem to remember that. He said that this was in the same vein as something like African Queen. I, I think that, the, like I said, like the first part of this movie, it was kind of had the charm of a classic. But as soon as it became like all CGI, it was completely divorced from the first part of the movie. But, you know, there there are some things to like. I think if you put Dwayne Johnson through the Disney process, it comes out pretty like middle of the road, but somewhat enjoyable. I thought it was like a lot of the problems that we normally would have with a, a, a late stage Dwayne Johnson movie uh, or absent from this movie. Yeah, it, it it to me it didn't necessarily make for like a vastly entertaining movie, but but certainly maybe like less problematic um, or less like actively actively uh, annoying uh, than some of his his new content. But I agree. I think like the first it's again I haven't marked here multiple the first thirty minutes. It's like a blend of the rundown and Indiana Jones. It, it kind of has a lot of these fun fun little beats. It's one of the best setups for a Dwayne Johnson movie in some time. And it's a shame it, it deviates so quickly into this, like you said, like the goop of, of, of kind of just CGI, uh, no true conflict, like nothingness because the first 30 minutes, even the conflict with him and Paul Giamatti at, from like a landlord perspective, even that is somewhat compelling. Uh, it just never really gets, you know, at the end of the movie, they just have the money. It just gives them the boat. It's, it, it, it just ends. Right, he gives him the boat, the thing that he was trying to get money to pay for anyway. I, listen, that's that's fine. I, I do know that a lot of people were skeptical that this movie would be implemented into the Disney parks and that they, they would like revamp the, the Jungle Cruise ride with like an animatronic Dwayne Johnson, which I say, <laughs> bring it on. <laughs> I would love to see that. Having like no nostalgia for the ride because I wrote it as an adult. I would just kind of, I would like to see a robot Dwayne. Probably would be more compelling than the Dwayne Johnson that shows up uh, at the Universal Fast and Furious <laughs> supercharged ride. <laughs> so there's the only room to go up. Probably right. But they, I guess they ended up implementing a few things. So according to Disney fandom, uh, Frank's jacket can be seen hanging in the office, like at, at the like the office at the docks, along with Lily uh, Houghton or Houghton. So just like little Easter eggs. That's kind of nice. Like cool. if you ever went with a friend, you could be the annoying person that's like, did you know that that's <laughs> Dwayne Johnson's jacket? Uh, and his hat is in another office. And then 
much uh, like Han's blankets on the Millennium Falcon ride. You could have the same kind of exactly. uh, Han's famous blankets. And then I think there's something at Trader Sam's as well at the bar. Something that I picked up very late, but I don't know if that they established this early in the movie that he's like a master cartographer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, that, and that it, it, they kind of they kind of like retcon some of his conquistador story. Where first he's the adopt the adopted brother, then it turns out he's actually he was the the cartographer for that group as well, um, okay. and what they refer to as a minor master of his time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he didn't like that. I do remember that. Very funny. Remind me, do the other conquistadors have accents? Do they speak accented English? They do. They have, the conquistadors all have accents. <laughs> Why doesn't Dwayne? <laughs> Dwayne does not. Dwayne, Dwayne speaks like he's from Delaware in Ooh. this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Has Dwayne ever had an accent in a movie? Even something like Moana, he doesn't really affect an accent. No. I think that's like when we that's talk about when we talk about the difference between Frank Wolf and Jack Sparrow versus the actors that portray them. It's just like we've seen this character from Dwayne Johnson before. And it's, I think when it comes to like a sequel or sequel ideas, listen, a a period piece where like Dwayne Johnson's in London getting up to hijinks with Emily Blunt. (laughs) I mean, I'm going to see it. Sure. I can't not see it. We are compelled. Um, <laughs> but it's it's just, I would like to see him take on more interesting roles. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that this, although it has a lot of like the warm blanket of like movies I like better, like The Rundown or Jumanji, uh, this right. doesn't really reach those heights. Three things I wanted to also mention. I forget. Uh, we haven't covered them yet, but three things I found amusing in this movie. Dwayne carries around a ukulele, never plays it, never sings. No, but I do have a photo of him. Was that cut so out of the movie? This, I know oh, exactly. that's not a ukulele. Which, that's a guitar. Or whatever. Yeah, the guitar. Yeah, it, it looks, looks like, like a ukulele. <laughs> In his hands, yeah. That's so that is that is part of one of my favorite moments in the mo- favorite lines in the movie. He's false strumming. He's he's not even producing. Um, I forget the the term for when the music is actually in the scene, uh, as opposed to like background audio. That is, I forget the term for like like the cinematic term um, for like music in a scene rather than played on top of it. Um, what do you think about this? I have it on the screen. You can buy one of like a, a jacket. That looks just like his jacket. <laughs> it's thirty nine percent off, so for one hundred and thirty nine dollars, you can buy this jacket styled after the, the one that he wears. It's like kind of like a canvas looking material with the big old collar. I do like. I've I've dressed up as Dwayne from Skyscraper for the last like ten ten uh, opening night <laughs> movies. So I, if I could move in a different direction, that'd be that'd be that's fine pretty by me. good. I mean, um, it would obviously look much worse on me but um i am actually like fascinated there's an entire website called california outfits and i think the whole thing is it's like you can they make it's like cosplay almost yeah hang on you can buy his coat in red notice um well we all we all know his classic coat his his classic red notice coat uh yeah and ryan reynolds from red notice as well you can buy (laughs) Stuff styled after that. I just here we go. Oh, whoa! You can buy a vest. 
Oh, oh. You can buy like the striped jacket well, well, that he well. wears in the beginning of the movie or the striped double vest. breasted vest. <laughs> wow. It's beautiful. I don't know in what situation you would ever wear that, but I'm like fascinated for a hundred dollars. You can I think the value matches the use there. I you can get an extra sense. $20 off. So yeah, only 80, only 80. So what's the, what Dwayne Johnson. Wait, 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 wait. I'm reading the description. Is a <laughs> so according to uh, CaliforniaOutfits.com slash product slash jungle hyphen cruise hyphen Frank hyphen vest slash Jungle Cruise is a masterpiece. The lead, <laughs> the leads played brilliant parts in the film. The rock, the great rock oh. with his amazing linguistic with his amazing linguistic made people <laughs> laugh through a lot of scenes throughout the entire film. Some scenes were filled with plenty of emotions and great fun throughout the ride. It's true. Some scenes throughout the ride. <laughs> this is written by an AI. This, this is like the Johnson thing where himself. like if you t- like if you just go to predictive text on your iPhone and just like hit, tap the middle. Yeah, tap the middle. <laughs> That's how this was written oh my gosh whoever wrote this should actually be doing rock talk what is the what's the one piece of of dwayne johnson cinematic merch oh. you would most want to acquire wow that is a really good question that i don't have anything off the top of my head i wonder if there's like anything from southland tales mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah something freaky like the van that they go into in southland tales could be interesting I think that a, a a a contender for me would be maybe his helmet from the game plan. Oh, that's pretty good. Dwayne Johnson football merch. Yeah, I mean any of his like ripped white tees from yeah. Fast and the Furious <laughs> would be good. Oh no, I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you what it is right now. His cast from Fast. Oh, it's perfect. From Furious Seven. It's perfect. I think that that would be great to just have like a sweaty, stinky cast. Flexed out of cast. I wonder, wow. I mean, hmm, okay, this is a bit of an aside, and maybe we're just doing our best to avoid talking about this movie. <laughs> but if I go to eBay and type in Dwayne Johnson and sort. Yeah, what are we seeing up there? And sort by highest price. So what would you guess the highest price Dwayne Johnson item on eBay is? And now this is a buy it now. Mm. I'm thinking is there any chance it's like a uh like a University of Miami like a, like a foot like a signed car anything like that some You are exactly no. right. With oh your with your first yeah like the top the top okay so the top thing is actually a little bit of a cheat because it's the full set of the Miami Hurricanes oh card including Dwayne Johnson and they want $125,000. Oh, jeez. The second highest is 100000 and that's for uh, a WWF card. Oh, that um, makes sense. That makes sense. I was, is that a Stone graded. Cold? Who's on there with him? Who's he holding? No, it's I not see Stone that. Cold. I don't even know who that is. Just some jabroni. Dang it. Almost mm. looks like Rob Van Dam. Can't it's, tell. Yeah, it doesn't say in the description who it is. But they want a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> for a single. I mean, it's a graded card, so that's that's nice. Um, I'm like looking for movie merchandise, but it's like mostly wrestling. There is a mummy, a Scorpion King uh, mummy signed card. 
that is fifty thousand dollars. Oh, okay. <laughs> um. Oh, here we go. Life size The Rock posing wax statue. A one to one. Wow, this is and oh my gosh! All right, this is a much better value than anything we've seen so far. When was this molded? When was this? Oh, I can tell you, it's no. like Fast and Furious Six. Oh no! <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Hold on, <laughs> we need to, okay. <laughs> no. No. For $15,900, this is a much better way to spend your money. Okay, just I need you to just zoom back on the face for us just a second. <laughs> yeah. Let me Okay. It doesn't really look like him. It's, it's a little uncanny valley. This is I think like what this is this it, it is it, it's like an amalgamation of every bald character in the Fast and Furious. <laughs> Just thrown into a wax. <laughs> There's definitely a little statham in here. Do I see like a weird hairline up there yes, as well? Yes, up at the yeah. top. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who? Let me see the description. If this is like a Madame Tussauds, you can get a life-size statue of Michael Keaton's Batman for three thousand. So, yeah. um, good time. I don't yeah, know. Where is this from? Do they do custom work? <laughs> <laughs> Look at the Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man looks bad. The Jack Sparrow looks okay. Real human hair? Real I guess not human in this case. hair. I guess not. Yeah. This, <laughs> this bald. <laughs> Resin teeth. Oh, uh, the Joker. Okay. Oh, yeah. Joker would be good. Uh, you can get an Angelina Jolie for 12-7. Deeply Taylor upsetting. Swift for 9-8. That actually, well, if that's you a... look at that face, I mean, it doesn't look good. <laughs> <laughs> that's Taylor Swaft. Taylor Swaft. Other than that, I'm, yeah, just seeing a lot of, like, I'm not seeing, like, any costumes. Oh, here we go. Dwayne Johnson, worn costume from Skyscraper. Oh. Oh, um, big fan. Uh, this is pretty good. It looks like mm. one of, like, a later... Later in the movie, it's like uh, like dirty, torn up a little bit. You know what the issue is with this specifically? I guess with most of the ones he's going to wear, this because this is I think this actually is pretty good. This looks this looks right. I guess it's a, I mean I guess it's a worn costume. But mm-hmm. if that's like, if you or I to, were to wear that, for example, it's so not it's not going to sit on our you're just going to look like a dirty person. Well, I don't think that you buy this to wear it. Well, or well, maybe you on. do. Maybe you do. <laughs> the shirt is monogrammed DJ August 2017 stage 7. Very good. I don't know. Is that do you think it's worth $9,000? Hang that up in the house. Oh, what you do is you get that wax figure. <laughs> And you it's get like a glove. The costume. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it should. For the cool and... combined price of 30 grand. <laughs> <laughs> there is a championship ring from Ballers that's $4,000. You can get a custom suit that was worn in Ballers for $2,500. It's actually a pretty good price. I think a custom suit might run you more than that. Of course, mm. you'd have to like look exactly like The Rock. <laughs> um, weirdly, a baseball bat. Has he ever played a baseball player? I don't think he so. He used a baseball bat in, I think, the rundown 
or gridiron gang there's okay. a sequence in a bar where i know he uses oh that's from like walking that. tall walking to yep walking tall yep. yeah um everything else really seems to be like cards you can get oh here's another screen worn from oh from the run oh hang on oh what do we from got the here? rundown for a reasonable twelve hundred dollars which is like we're getting into the vicinity of doable Oh, check this out. Wow. Beautiful khaki. This is what I associate with. This is real. That is. That's really good. It's got a certificate of authenticity. (laughs) Wow. And this would be kind of like the thinking man's screen worn costume to have. Right. right? shows you know what you're doing. Not everybody is aware (laughs) of how good the rundown is, but. Um, I do think that, you know, maybe we'll open up a GoFundMe. Mm, and if listeners mm-hmm. want to uh, give us some money, we will put it right towards buying the screen-worn <laughs> khaki outfit. Uh, and I think that that would be money well spent. So, yeah, sorry about the 15-minute tangent. <laughs> but I, I, I do think, like, my final thoughts on, on this movie is that you know, Jungle Cruise, I, I think... When an idea takes 20 years to get off the ground, it may have a, a indication of uh, of the quality of the movie. So I, this movie is, like, very forgettable. I think it was, like, obviously a lot of money went into it. But I think Emily Blunt just kind of outclasses The Rock at every turn. Yep. I think that this one is not going to be heavy in the rotation. Really strong intro. Kind of bogged down and tricky to follow halfway through. couple of, like like nice moments at one point he he they're they're hungry on the boat and he just shoots a gun in the air and and a, a rat falls out of the sky <laughs> he catches it uh, at one point uh, emily blunt's character asks him why he doesn't sketch anymore how come he doesn't he's not an artist he says i drew everything i wanted to draw so <laughs> like there's like moments there's like charming interesting beats but kind of gets bogged down it's still over two hours long it's still kind of a meaty meaty production so i think still for me towards kind of the the bottom half i for me i think it's probably more towards the middle just because some of the movies that we've watched with him are just so grating uh especially mm. these later movies like compared to like a Baywatch, i would the miles better than than something like that so uh i, I think it was a fair attempt I wouldn't be surprised if they end up canning plans for a second movie because this movie uh, didn't make any money, really, uh, probably because of the pandemic. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens to uh, Frank Wolf. But in in, in the meantime, (laughs) uh, we'll have to take a trip to Disneyland to spot his jacket. That's right. Live episode in Disneyland coming up. You heard it here. (laughs) Thanks as always for tuning in. Uh, This is Rock Talk. Catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and don't forget to tell a friend. Thanks so much. 